Welcome back, you no-good bastards, to the Pod Deep Podcast. Be very quiet. Kick back. Listen up. Subscribe, comment, and like. Pod Deep Podcast. Pod Deep. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 28 of the Pod Deep Podcast. You got Sid, Rod, Hughes, J-Rock, and myself, Ant. Like, subscribe, share if you like what you're seeing. We're going to start off with the deep thought question. Go ahead, Sid. All right. All right, boys. Deep thought question of the week. You find out your wife or significant other has an OnlyFans page, but it's an OnlyFans page of her feet. Um, it makes about $35,000 a year. And the key is, it's not anonymous. So everybody knows it's her. You cool with that? Or are you making her take it down? Repeat it. You find out. Your wife or significant other has a OnlyFans page of her feet, making about thirty-five k a year. It's not anonymous, so everybody knows it's her. You cool with it, or are you making her take it down? We're gonna start off. Squeak, what you thinking? <laughs> hey, before you before you answer, I got a quick question. Yeah, what is OnlyFans? So OnlyFans is a, a, a like a, a online site of people who just do things for money. People subscribe, and you have subscriptions, and people pay money to see to see things. A lot of pornographic stuff can be on OnlyFans. A lot of you know just people people personalities have pages, and people subscribe, so they do things live for them. Okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> removing my ego out of the situation, um, I think it, my initial reaction is I'd be upset a little bit. But once I do my my due diligence and, and come to the realization that she's only you know showing her feet um, and not her her face and her body and stuff like that, and she is generating money um, and there's a foot fetish and she's you know satisfying that that need and stuff like that. I don't think I have an issue, but I will be uh, asking for a percentage. <laughs> so you cool with it? You cool with it? You let it rock? I'm cool with it. All right, and what you thinking about that, man? Honestly, I can't indulge in just the conversation and everything that I'm opening my wife up to. That only fan got to go. That thirty-five thousand ain't enough for me to be compromising everything over there. Not saying that my wife would do it, but 
you just letting all these different perverts talk to my wife. No, nah, I can't deal with it. So you're making her take it down? Yes. All right. Jared, what'd you say, man? Uh, you probably, I, I go with Hughes. You have, to, I would probably be upset, but I think you have to let it go. You have to monitor it, make sure it's not going to like DM and you know, these creeps over the internet. But I think you have to let it go and get your take your cut. But you know, yeah, I know, motherfuckers gonna take it to the next level with messages and all that stuff. That's why I know I can't deal with it. All right, what you think? So she did this. She she hid it from me. Yeah, you find out about it. Um, I guess that that would be uh, my initial opposition. I mean, my initial problem would be like, you know, why did you, you know, why did you hold it from me? I mean, shit, we could have had a discussion about this, and and she would have got the blessings to be. Hey, show your feet, get that thirty-five k. You know, we could have had that talk. So. <clears throat> I probably would be a little perturbed about that. Um, but after getting over that, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. No problem. You know, y'all talk about DMs and all that perverts. Shit, nigga, that can happen on Facebook. That can happen on Instagram, anywhere else. You know. I was just about to say that. <laughs> when your when your woman walk out that door, shit. Everybody trying to holler, you know, she she getting advances all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, and, and, okay. I, I'm not open the platform door for it. You did. You didn't open the door, and she did it on her own. You didn't open the door. You didn't force her to do that. Well, that's why it's coming down. <laughs> so, well, you said, I'm, 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 not I'm open all for she can she can she can have the OnlyFans, and you know. We'll rock on. With me? Hell no. We ain't going on. No motherfucking feet fetish. Oh, holy man. So it's it's not so it ain't anonymous. You know, first of all, let, let me back up. No, 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 no. We ain't doing we ain't doing that shit. You taking that shit down. My watch, you take it ain't happening on my watch. Well, not over there. But then for the group, it ain't anonymous, you know. I think you, like Aunt said, I think you welcoming people to, you know, talk crazy. And I, I hear you, right? You can be out anywhere mm-hmm. and a motherfucker approach you and act crazy. But I do agree with Aunt. You're giving them a platform for the creeks to come out at night. You know what I'm saying? Freaks no come out at night. So, hell no. Nah. We, we, we take that shit down. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking the computer away from them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, too, when you're going through a rocky period, she can't be on OnlyFans, then she'd be chirping. You just, you just leaving a platform. I can't. I, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Good times or bad times. You, you know, the real ego crush is is when you found out how long she's been doing it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the real ego crush. That this didn't just happen last week. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing this for for two three years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and you know. And it's how you find out somebody, you know, DM you. Is this your this your people? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Riding your OnlyFans, and he, he tell me, "Hey, these Sam feet on his foot." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That'd be wild. That'd be crazy, yeah. man. 
Yeah, like your ego, you cannot you you cannot suppress your ego in that situation, you know, because your mind is everywhere. It, the DMs, who who's seen it, you know what I'm saying? You gonna really take that to 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 as if she's stripping, you know what I'm saying? And after all that, you still cool with her having it? Nah, you 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 know you're not. But at the end of the day, when you do your due diligence. And, and you getting that that private conversation of why you did it, you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I was just, I didn't know how to make any side money. I didn't want to, you know, pick up another nine to five or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? When you seeing this down that line, that kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so what about instead of that amount, it was five thousand a year. You still build. Shit, 12 months, 5,000. That ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah, that ain't worth it. That ain't worth it. So hold on, the 30, the 35? What's that, what's that about? What's that, 15 a year? But you could probably pay something. With, you could probably pay something with that. You can, you, can knock, you can knock a couple of bills off, a little credit card, a little shopping habit, whatever, you know, she got, you know what I'm saying? But not no, not no 50, no $100 a month, you know what I'm saying? And, and your face is out there. Anybody can, you know, your, your church members, your cousins, your nieces, your nephews, they all see this, you know what I'm saying? So, nah, you know. So, I guess thir it's 35, uh, I guess y'all yeah, saying 35 is enough to, to for that ridicule from a church member or from whatever. It's, it's a pat on the back, but the whole thing is that, like, why you why you do this without talking to me? You know what I'm saying? You know, that, that kind of thing. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Deep question of the week. All right, that was a good one. Way to get it started off. Next, we're going to go into sports for the last week. We had a busy week this last week. We had college football championship, um, Georgia, and TCU. And then we had some boxing. We're going to start off with the college football. Do y'all think Georgia has taken the crown from Alabama as the best college football team in the nation? Like year in and year out. I'll start off with Robin. No. Um, it's two years. No. It's, it's two years. It's two years. Alabama has a decade plus. So They've been in the running out of those years, too. It's not like they just came out of nowhere. Two, they won. They've won, they've won, they won two championships. So I don't care about in the running. So you have to win consistently. Alabama does that. They're not only in the running, but they win it. Yeah. And, and and it's a shock when they don't. Like, if they don't make it to the, the college football playoff, people are like, damn, Alabama ain't in it? So, until, you know, they got to they gotta stretch this thing out for five or six more years of of being in the running and, and you know, being in the running a couple years and then come back and win a couple more, you know. So, okay. in my mind, Alabama is still the preeminent powerhouse in, in the SEC and in, in, in college football until until somebody take it away from them. Georgia trying to, but they ain't made it shit. Gotcha. Plus, I'm, my bad. So, basically, 
Georgia is Clemson. Remember Clemson uh, had, had a, a nice little run where they made a champion. They made it to the capital the championship, lost, came back and won. But now where where Clemson at? Right, I got you. So Georgia's Georgia's Clemson right now. So you're saying five more years, two more championships for them to even be thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hughes, what you got? Yeah, I agree. If you're a high school, if you're a high school football player and um and Alabama didn't recruit you and you and you feel the salty about it, you know, Georgia's a nice, uh, nice runner up. You know, they're not there yet, but but they knocking on the door. You know what I'm saying? They little, they need a little bit of time. Um, the the NFL uh, scouts are looking at their program. You know what I'm saying? They putting players in the, in the NFL. They got a good thing going. They just got to keep it consistent and keep on doing it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 right as they're making, right as they make that knock on that door, you got a, another program that's right around the corner that's, that's that's doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? But but their name is out there. They had two good years. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they still knocking, but they're not there yet though. Okay. Jared, what you got? You're on mute, Jared. You're on mute. You got to uh, let me pass on this one. I'm really not into uh, college football. I like Notre Dame. That's about it. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> I ain't mad at you about the Notre Dame. Say, what you, what you think? Boy, that's a, that's a tough one, man, because – Alabama just so it's just so much, man. They've been doing it for so long. So no, they will they can't play replace Alabama. But you got to give them credit for being you know back to back champions. That's hard. Plus that NFL pipeline is getting thick from Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know they're recruiting at a crazy level and they're replacing people at a crazy level. Something like what fourteen players got drafted. Then they nice. reloaded, retooled yeah. all them first round uh, defenders. I mean, they're they're definitely a powerhouse, but man, with Alabama, dude, Alabama just nuts. So that was a good comp Rodney made with Clemson because Clemson had a nice little run as well, where they where they won a couple championships. Did they win two or they went to two? They won two, didn't they? I think they won. They won two. They won two. Clemson won two in this whole in this Alabama reign, and we don't talk about them no more. Right. So they got to do it more. They got to do it a little bit more often. But Alabama is the cream of the crop, man. Cream of the crop. So, but where so, did Georgia coach come from? Where did where did he cut his teeth at? From Alabama, absolutely. Yeah. The absolutely. only thing I will play devil advocate is Georgia to is beating Alabama. So not only. Are they kind of like doing what they do? They beat the big dog. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Clemson beat Alabama. Yes. Yeah, they beat. I thought they beat. Who did? Who, I thought they beat. Oh, yeah, let me think. They did get them one time. Mm-hmm. But they, did. they beat Alabama. They are beating Alabama in their in their own conference. Mm-hmm. So that was a little difference. They even took the conference from them for about three or four years. Alabama squeaked in. They didn't take it. They no. They they didn't take it. They haven't taken the conference from them. This is their first. This they they won the SEC championship this year, but they didn't win it last year, right? Mm-mm. Right, because Alabama beat them. In the, Alabama beat them in the in the, in the SEC championship. Also, also, Georgia would not have beaten Alabama 
if Jamison Williams don't get hurt, that's a fact. And, and John Mechie don't get hurt. I mean, I know injuries are a part of the game, but they lost their top two targets. Well, they lost Mechie the game right. prior. Right. And then James Wood, James Wood, Jameson was cooking them. Cooking them. He was cooking them. Cooking and then he tore his. And right. that's when the that's when the game changed. I give you that. So mm-hmm. I got a question. I'm gonna add a little twist to it. Is there a team closer to cementing them than than Georgia, like Ohio State, because they've been in it for about a decade. They in it every year, but they don't be winning. Yeah, they they last championship was what eleven two thousand was it two thousand eleven last yeah. time Ohio yeah. State won. Yeah. No, eleven or twelve. Fifteen. It was fifteen. Okay. Was Zeke? Okay. 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 Uh, uh, I it, 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 when, when Jameson left and went to Alabama? No, Ohio State. They, they, Ohio State last probably one was Zeke. I, oh, I, was, one, was, Zeke. I was thinking more rest correct. More rest correct. But it was Zeke that won. Yeah. Zeke got one. Yeah. So is there any other team other than Georgia that can take it from Alabama or is Georgia or nobody right now? There's a couple of teams that are, that, that are good, but when you're talking like a program where you lose 14 and bounce back, it ain't, it ain't that many programs. A lot of programs would have suffered in, in that kind of situation. They were able to bounce bounce back. That, that's rare. That's rare. Like your backups are, are, you know what I'm saying, top tier, you know, top top tier recruits. So that says a lot about their recruiting process, you know what I'm saying? The guys they got started, and the guys they got waiting in the wings, you know. But what you're what you're explaining is Alabama. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That, that that's the template. Yeah. That's the template. Like Alabama, like how many like with the running backs? Yeah. Like they just they I mean they might they, everybody may not make it in into the league or you know produce, but they just bring another long big dread kid running back in. <laughs> Every year, <laughs> and I like the fact that they allow the the the, the uh, players to transfer and not sit out a whole year like yeah. they used to in the nineties. I, yeah. I think that's that's more fair to the athletes that if you don't like that particular program, you 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 uh, initially started out when you transfer, you beat out you beat out the person you on the field. You know what I'm saying? I, I really like that part about about the, the college level. Well, what I can say. I think Alabama did it during a tougher time because they did it when it was only two teams that can make you had to be one or two. So they like now they got four, so you get a chance to slide in. But I also think you got to do it with different quarterbacks, different classes. And Alabama did if you can go through three different quarterbacks and still win with three different quarterbacks. Then I believe you're on a. I believe you're in the Alabama level at that point. If you can do three quarterbacks in a row, win a national title. Yeah. But that's just my thought. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking speaking of that, um, the, the four teams in a new playoff race. What y'all think about TCU? Man, that, they do. They load. They load. Now, so do you, are y'all a proponent of? Should they let like a, a smaller team get in and play these big boys? Did, did they really deserve it? I guess is what I'm asking. Did they really deserve it? Just like last it was about last week, the game that they upset and the team that they knocked off. So for that reason, it brings more excitement. 
excitement to the game. But in the end of the day, the big dogs are going to win. The better teams is going to win at the end of the day. But I would like the tournament to be – that's what make March Madness good, the upsets. Yeah, I agree. And we know. But it just wasn't a good game. It just wasn't a competitive game, man. It just, it just, it lacked, it lacked. It was just, it wasn't close. Yeah, they they were overmatched. But see, that's when that's when you were the head coach and you go to your athletic director, and you you look him right in his damn eye. He's like, "See, I was telling your ass that we need better recruits." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's when everybody stand up for the program and, and see there there's levels to this and how they recruit and, and what they need to do for their recruitment process and stuff like that to, to put forth the effort to compete with the big boys. You, you may think you have a big boy program because you got a $10 million stadium, you know what I'm saying? But, but that doesn't, you know, that ain't going to win you no game. I mean, that's y'all talk, y'all talking like it's Boise state, like that's a power five conference team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not a, big 12, baby. Huh? Ain't that from the big 12? Yeah. From the big yeah, 12. That's a power five. That's right. a power five. So, and it's only going to get worse because it's going to be twelve teams in a couple years. I think a I think a twelve team tournament is a little a little better. I mean, because I think it'll weed out who wants supposed to be there. Because I can't remember, but I thought TCU. I can't, I don't know where they one loss came from, but I thought it was late in the season, and I know they had a couple of big wins, but Alabama. If they were to replace TCU, I think we would have had a way better, a way better. Because Alabama had two losses. Both of their losses was in, within set by seven points. Both of them was on the road. Mm-hmm. And they both of them at, was the ranked team. They lost teams. at the buzzer. They lost at the buzzer on both of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So Alabama, while their record was worse, they played – there was two ranked teams. They lost on the road and at the end of the game. So they, I mean, they should have actually. I think they should have actually been in that TCU spot, personally. The problem I mean, is they didn't play a championship game. They didn't even get to their own conference championship. Right. Who, TCU? No, Alabama. Okay, I got it. The but problem is they were in Georgia's conference. But the thing is, nowhere does it specify that you have to be a conference champion to be in the college football playoffs. True. No, I'm just saying that's what hurt them. Two losses. It's, it's the it's the two best team. It's the four best teams, mm-hmm. and Alabama was the best team. I think Alabama actually was starting to play better, you know, um, leading up to uh, the end of the season. Um, yeah, I, I I I just don't I don't think this is going to be like you can't mimic March Madness with with football. Like, yeah, you can see. You can see in, in college basketball where, you know, if you got one player that gets hot and he can, you know, he go lights out, he can carry that team, you know, to two or three wins and maybe make it to the final four. You're not going to see that in football. Mm-hmm. Like the bigger, stronger, faster team is going to win 99 out of 100. Very great. And is it really worth seeing a number 12 team with three losses? Is it really worth seeing them in, in the college football playoff? So I don't, many, think, I don't think it is. How many? What's your number then, Rodney? Four. You like it at four? Yeah. Four. Or 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 five, and that number one seed got to buy. 
That way, I mean, to, that to, way, you got all five power conferences. Like in theory, you can have all five, you know, conference champions, you know, in it. But I'm I'm cool with four for real. I, to me, I like wouldn't even be having this conversation if Michigan would would have just handled their business, and they lost against TCU. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not a game that that I thought TCU would win on paper. You know what I'm saying? So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Vegas took a hit with all the sports betting on that particular game. You know what I'm saying? T- TCU was not a favorite. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't have won that game. You know, but I know they uh, Michigan kind of blew it towards the end. But I think this is why you have that that kind of situation because you cannot win on paper. You have to get out there. Either either you bigger, you stronger. Your coach has to still make smart decisions because if 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 you all are up and he pull the starters and they come back on your ass, do you still have that momentum? So I think it's fair. You just have to – coaches have to play it out, you know. I, I think. By the way, this dominant Georgia team, in theory, should have lost. So Ohio State you. had them beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ohio yeah. State had them beat. Yeah. 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 It, it just, but that's, that's football, though. That's, that's football. football. I know. That's football. Yeah. Yeah. But – I can't put this Georgia team up there with Alabama just yet. Oh, okay. Good point. Good point. Gotcha. Well, I do think that the bigger playoff is I want, to me, last weekend was the best you're going to get. Two great games down to the wire. This weekend, I'm not worried. I'm not sacrificing last weekend just for a better national champion. I like the weekend in a good game. I was I was rooting for the underdog, you know, but shit, it was it was clear first quarter with the motherfuckers ain't have a chance. But hey, I was rooting for them. <laughs> 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 Show me uh, some shit. So so I'm just I'm just looking at the top twenty five. So you got, I mean the top twelve. So you would have had USC, Florida State, Utah, Tulane. Washington, Penn State, Tennessee, like none of them teams, none of the teams is, is you had a, like Utah got four losses, so now we're talking about having a four loss team with an opportunity to play for the championship. What did they make the? Uh, what did they make? What What is it going to? Eight teams next year? Twelve. I thought you said it's, it's going. going to it's, it's eventually going to twelve. Okay. Okay, that's, that's too many. Too. I so just you, think you, they're trying to replace all the irrelevant bowls with games. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why I think they're doing twelve, yeah. and that's a lot more games. But I yeah, mean, viewership they, and more money. You you right. get more viewership and more money. That's all. That's what it's all about. More that's money. Exactly what it's about. And they got nothing to do because because you don't need. You don't need to see Utah and Tulane playing nope. for a chance to win a championship. You yeah. don't need to see that. Here nope. go the question. Like the receiver from Ohio State, he opted out playing to get mm-hmm. ready for the draft. Think about that in the 12-team tournament. He opted out three games. Like, I'm headed to the pros. Why am I playing three more games for free? That's that's a that's a that's a great point. I mean, that's a great point. If I'm lining up, but you, you know, if I'm, <laughs> that's a great point because I don't think I'll be in. If I, 
you tell me, you tell me, I got two games, and I'm a I'm, I'm guaranteed to be a top top pick, and I got two games to get through. The less games, the better for everybody. But you're right. I, I would have pause. No, wait, 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 wait. Back up. What, what if you're a Heisman winner and you sit out? Go do that. You just if you're fine, you you're trying to you're trying to prepare yourself for the pros. So it don't I make it. Be frowned, I think that'd be frowned upon. Not to say it will hurt your chances. But it is, is frowned upon. But talent gonna win every time. Like Jadavian Clowney, he sat out <laughs> at the, almost at the end of his senior year. But he has so much talent, he still went what second. So and didn't pan out to be nothing like I thought. <laughs> Well, I promise you, more people are going to check out of it because for the athlete, they don't gain anything. They're not getting no money for this. Nah, but, you know, everybody, let's say you're a TCU top star and your your team is is what it is, just just applying for for the national championship. This is your opportunity for exposure if you have a great game. But unfortunately, none of them had a great game. But this is your opportunity. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You, you, can play it, yeah. you can play it two ways. You you could be that dude that's that's never had a lot of TV uh, games, but this is your time right here where you could really sell yourself. You know what I'm saying? Get your name out on, on on the map. You know, so if you take the advice of an agent that can't even guarantee that you would get drafted, and you no. sit out, you'll miss an opportunity. I believe it's not the TCU people. It's going to be the Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia mm-hmm. people. That's going to be like, why? Yeah. I'm already projected to be a top five pick. I can't do nothing but hurt myself by playing these games. Yeah, it's, two side. it's two sides to it. It's two sides. It's a, it's a side that, that says, oh, I can, I can play against some big teams and show what I can do, get some good tape out there. And it's the other side. I can play against the worst competition and get some bad tape out there. So – yeah, I think it go it swings both ways. Man, if I'm a coach and we competing for a national championship, I ain't trying to hear my 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 best player tell me something like that. He's not injured. Oh, they will drop a dime on you. All that money I put in your account, yeah, I would get your ass on that field. <laughs> well, I got receipts. I think you, but you might see less of that, Ant, because of all the NIL money that goes around, because they are getting paid a little bit more mm-hmm. now. But you, so but you wouldn't sacrifice that big, big check, though. I get it. Yeah. So you think NIL can force them to go play? It's no, no problem. I don't think NIL can force them to play, but I'm saying since they're getting paid now versus it was nothing at first right. and they would get this big check, they are getting some money, so they've seen a little money that may make them more, you know, that make it could make them a little bit more likely to pay because they ain't like what it used to be where you didn't have nothing and then you went into the big money. You've been kind of getting some money, so – but. I think I would still, as a top level athlete, I would still have a, I would still probably have a little pause before I did it. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess them decisions, I guess to each his own, but that's a tough one. Wasn't that Marvin Harrison's kid that, that set out? I think, yeah. He got hurt. Oh, yeah, he, he got, got hurt. hurt? Okay. I mean, the, the recent one, it, it didn't hurt him, but Jameson, Getting hurt in that game was like, man, you should have just you was gonna you was gonna be a top pick. He still ended up being a top pick, but he could have cost himself millions if he would have slid to the second, third round. Uh, 
I think he needed to play that game, though. You know, I, I think he needed to – it was basically redemption, you know, for from what happened with Ohio State, you know what I'm saying, to let the, let the world know I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the top receiver, I'm the best receiver in, in, in college football. So I got the biggest stage. Here, here I'm about to, you know, put myself on, on the map. So you sit that out and you get your guaranteed NFL debut. And the same thing happened in the NFL game. Now, you're on the contract, but still, you know what I'm saying? People see your talent if you get hurt like that. You know, we, uh, what was it? Uh, Gurley, Ty Gurley. Same situation for Georgia. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember. All right. We also had some boxing matches. I'm going to throw that over to Jay. You can take lead on this. I don't know nothing about them people that are fighting. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Javante Davis fought uh, Hector Garcia in the PBC. Hey, he was what weight class is that? Is that uh, 135. What's the tech? What's the name of it? Lightweight? Uh, That's lightweight. Yeah, lightweight. Lightweight. Okay. Uh, fight ended in a stoppage between the between the eighth and ninth round. Uh Take Javante Davis hit Garcia with a punch. Uh, the round ends. Garcia says to his corner and to the doctors that he can't see. The ref waves off the fight. Um, it was a, a great fight night for me. And mm-hmm. before we get to the conclusion, um, in the middle of round eight, a fight breaks out in the middle of the crowd. It's rumored to be Meek Mill fighting with um, what's the boxer? Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, Gary Russell Jr. Yep. And they stopped the fight for a few minutes, clear out uh, the arena. They restart the fight. Tank finishes the fight in between the eighth and ninth round. I think it was a it was a tune-up fight um, for Tank on his way to fighting Ryan Garcia. But in terms of Tank's uh, I guess Tank's, how he came out looking, mm-hmm. I think he looked great in his fight. I think it was a perfect tune-up fight, man. And on to the next. What do you think, Hughes? That guy was not in a tune-up. Uh, Garcia could fight his ass off. He had just recently beat Colbert, a guy from Brooklyn, New York, uh, that was kind of calling Tank out, but he never signed a contract. Um, Garcia's a tough guy. You, you can see that he could really punch. But what he ran into is is Tank's movement and Tank's power, you know. And so um, I thought it was a good night of fighting uh, compared to the BOK event. That happened um, January, December the 10th. Uh, overall, uh, I'm ready for this Ryan Garcia and uh, Tank Devis fight. So it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a good fight too. Tank, Tank, man, he, he, that boy got some power, man. He, he got some power. He starts slow. He seems he like matches kind of start kind of slow, kind of looking at you know, you know, uh, with his opponents. He just slow with it, taking his time. And he's just so explosive, man. <laughs> he started hitting that boy with some haymakers. So I, th- I thought it was a good fight. I can't. I think that that Garcia tank fight gonna be a, a good one. I think so too. Hector Garcia, sixteen and oh, you know, I, I know he was a tough fight. He beat a champion. He he um, got good upset to get that belt. But you don't consider him a that was a tuna fight. Nah, he's tricky. He's a, a Dominican guy that that that's a good good uh, counter punch. You can see he was tagging tank. You know what I'm saying? Um, he got good power with him. His problem is that uh, he he stands there. 
I think he would be a good opponent for Shakur or a good opponent for uh, Devin Haney because I would like to see uh, where their chin is at because that guy hits hard. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he caught Tank a couple of times, but Tank hit him a lot harder. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think he's like no no dude you – he really shouldn't have been the guy that, that uh, Tank fought right before the big money fight with Ryan Garcia. You, you at least want to fight somebody that has like four four defeats or something like that, you know. But but he chose an undefeated guy to bring to his hometown, and that just that says a lot about him, you know, because that dude could have spoiled the party had he been tripping. You know, it's a lot of pressure to fight in front of your hometown fans and stuff like that. Do you do you think Tank? Uh, you think he a real a technician as far as fighting? Because he kind of reminds me a little bit, a little bit like Mike Tyson, where he just kind of. He's waiting on his big blow to come. I don't know if if somebody went in there with a game plan on him. I think he might have some problem. What you think about that? So exactly, I'm sorry. That's exactly what I said when I saw him fight like the last time. He he seems real vulnerable, real emotional. You know, beatable to me. Go ahead. He was. So the two guys that you seen him fight last were were kind of bigger him in size and strong. So you have to look at a fight like he fought a Mexican dude named Isak Cruz, little short guy, shorter than Tank. Tank hurt his hand in the fight. So he had the jab and just used pivotal movement. So he fights different from your typical boxer that uses a jab and controls the, the pace with his jab. What Tank does, he does a lot of pivotal movement, and he waits for you to make mistakes. So he can beat you and, and catch you going forward while he's moving, while he's moving forward, or he can catch you and knock you out while he's moving backwards. That's how deadly he is. And he explodes on you. So he can just squat down. You know, if you punch it down or hard on him and you miss, he going to make you pay. He's that kind of dude like that. And, and his power transfers from the first round all the way to the 12th round. He has power in both his hands. He don't really get tired like that. And he don't gas out like Mike Tyson used to do. If Mike Tyson couldn't really knock you out in the seventh round, then you know you really, you really could coast. You coast on with Mike Tyson, get to a twelve round victory. With Tank, you have to be on your p's and q's because if he catch you standing standing in front of him and he drop it on, remember your softball. He 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 catch you standing in front, he'll knock your lights off. But he's a real tough dude. He's short and compact. You know, you could pass some points on him. You know what I'm saying, but overall, when he come for you, you better know you better have enough power in the, in the, in, the, in your, your tank to survive the dude. Let's go back to the beginning of this uh, conversation and okay. talk about that shade you try to drop on Crawford with that big comment. How you gonna compare this to their first pay per view? Because uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't their first boxing match, their first pay per view. Okay. So when I compare Crawford, who's who's been fighting longer than Tank, and the type of opponent that he brought home to his fan base with a big matchup, Tank win all day. Tank had a better card. So even though that was BLK's uh, first pay-per-view, that's on them if they put together a sloppy card of, of, of opponents for, for everybody. You know, Crawford had on the table a big money fight with, with – uh, Spence that didn't come through. So this opponent that you got from the UK, that wasn't no good. That wasn't a good quality opponent for your hometown fans. I mean, they was there. They gonna support you on GP, but to sell that to the to the fans, that, that wasn't no that wasn't no good fight. That wasn't no good card. In my that's my personal opinion. When I compare the the uh, PBC card 
man, they was hype up in that fight. Tank sold that Tank sold their place out. You know what I'm saying? He had all the stars out there. You know, movie stars, basketball, entertainer, rappers. You didn't see none of that. That be okay event. You didn't see no entertainers in in in, in that kind of environment in Omaha, Nebraska for, for Terrence Crawford because he didn't have he didn't bring an opponent with him. But that but Tank is a way bigger. Don't you think he's a way bigger star though than than uh Crawford? Here's the thing. Not if you go on ESPN. Crop Terrence Crawford is considered the, the bit number one pound for pound fighter. No, we're mm. talking about a draw, you know, no. marketing wise. How can the number one pound for pound fighter not be a better draw. There's two different things. Wow. Yeah, you can be the best and not be able to sell tickets. That makes no sense. The pound for pound fighter is supposed to be the biggest name in boxing. That's not necessarily Jones. That's that's Parnell Whitaker. That's Floyd Mayweather, and that's Canelo. Those are your those are your former pound for pound fighters. Now you add Terrence Crawford to the list, and nobody uh, knows. When no. you say pound for pound, you're talking about skill. You're not, not talking about sales. Right. We're talking about a guy that fought on ESPN for top rank, one of the best promotional companies in boxing. Just because you're the best boxer don't mean you the biggest draw. Tyson is the biggest draw when he was fighting, even when he was losing. Who was his promotion company? It don't matter. It matters. He wanted to see Tyson. And he wasn't the best boxer at the at the tail end of his career. He wasn't the best boxer, but people would pay to see him more than the champion at the time. So, at what point was he was he was he the best boxer early on his career, middle or the middle of his career? What, what point was he the best boxer? He never was. Okay. He never was. He was just he always, was draw, right? he always was a draw, right? Yep. From from New York, so he he's from he's from uh, Caskills, New York. Fought all over the country, fought all over the globe. Terrence Crawford's from Omaha, Nebraska, and that's the only place where he fights. Fought for the number one promoter, which is which is top rank. They had him on ESPN. He started off on HBO, so he's been on network at the network. He's on the he's on a recognizable list. Everybody in the industry, in the boxing industry, knows his name. So if he can't sell. That that ain't no knock towards Javante, who just came in under a low-level promotional company by the name of uh, Mayweather Promotions. And he's from Baltimore, and he sold out arenas in Brooklyn. He sold out arenas in Las Vegas. He sold out arenas in, in Atlanta, and he sold out in his hometown. So how is that even comparable? And he's not even ranked on the list. He was your hate for Tank. Uh, for Crawford runs so deep, man. I'm, I'm spinning facts. So I'm, I'm so facts. It's all in you. You hate this man. He I'm is not a pay per view draw. I'm, I'm a boxing fan. I'm gonna I'm I'm leave you with this, Hughes. Okay. Your talent doesn't mean you're a big draw. Tito Trinidad was the best boxer for a while, but he wasn't the biggest draw. What? He wasn't. Roy Jones was the bigger draw. No. Tito Trinidad had a whole nation behind him, Puerto Rico. Whenever he would fight in Puerto Rico, he would sell it out. Whenever whenever Don King would bring him to New York and Madison Square Garden, they would sell it out. Before, before, before Mayweather did pay-per-views, 
Oscar and Tito had the number one, uh, uh, they had the number one pay-per-view buys. Who was the bigger draw at the time, Tito or Roy Jones? Tito. Tito. Roy Jones, so who, all his pay-per-view fights, you didn't even know the opponent, opponents. But but no, no, no. Who was the bigger draw between Oscar De La Hoya and Tito? Oscar, Oscar De La, De La Hoya. But Tito was the best fought, best boxer. Right. Right? So Oscar De La Hoya. So he, was not the, he, he was not the best boxer. Said he was the harder puncher between the two. He was not the best boxer. He was between, the harder you don't think Tito? You don't think for for a for a time period, Tito was the best pound for pound boxer in fighting? No, no. period. That no. was your guy too, wasn't it? See, that was my guy. That was my guy too. That's my guy too. But no, I don't, I don't think he ever. I think was for a period, I think for a one or two, two and a half year period, he was the best. He, he I mean, he got that. He, he was anointed that once you know once he, he got the decision Oscar. against De La Hoya, yeah. which he really didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, he got our box, but he but, you, he wasn't speaking English, said so they couldn't really market him like that. But no, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, I, I get that he had a good draw, but he was considered the best fighter of point time. But the biggest draw at that same time was Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, Oscar was bigger than him. So to Ann's point, you don't have to be the best the best fighter, and to Jay's point, the best fighter is not always the biggest draw. Oscar okay. was the biggest draw. So give me a give me a scenario where the where the pound for pound best fighter was not the biggest draw. I just did. <laughs> Tito was the, was not the biggest draw during that De La Hoya era. Yeah, he was the best fighter. De La, De La Hoya had two fights with Chavez. He had a fight with uh, Pernell Whitaker. So Tito they, had only had, if if I'm not mistaken, that could have been his first pay per view fight. But Tito fought everybody. He was the best fighter and fought and fought all comers for a period of time. He fought everybody that came. And no. he drew good. He drew no. good. But the mega fight was the De La Hoya fight because De La Hoya drew more. He had the biggest, I thought he had the biggest draw. No, so, so this- Tito, Tito didn't clear out the welterweight division. De La Hoya did. So Tito never fought Ike Corte, the African. De La Hoya did. Tito well, never. But would you agree that Tito was a better fighter? He was the harder puncher. He was not. You don't think he was a better fighter than Delahoya? Nah, he lost. He got our box. That's my boy. He got. I'm I'm being honest. He got. He got our box. Okay. He was just harder person between the two. Only person that outboxed him was Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins got the game plan from Delahoya. Winky Wright. (laughs) I saw that fight recently. You're right about that, Ronnie. He had that dude looking up at the ceiling the whole fight because yeah. he was jabbing his ass the whole fight. I'm 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 poised to say Trinidad's overrated. I'm all I'm almost there. Oh, I'm almost well, there because he, he, he was he was not overrated in his time. He he wasn't overrated, but if you take but after, after that De La Hoya fight, what wow. fight did he win again? He won when, so after he beat De La Hoya, he went up to fight Fernando Vargas, who was at one fifty four. He took Fernando Vargas' title. He, I'm, I'm sorry, he fought David Reed. David Reed was an American uh, gold medalist, undefeated. Yeah. So he went up to he went up to that level until he got up to uh, Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins. So he never he never won another big fight in his career. That's not true. Who? What? What? What other big fight did he win? After he had that? he had David he had David Reed. That was a big fight. He had. How, how was that a big fight? Because David oh. Reed was a champion. 
He yeah. moved up and went to fight David Reed. That's, that's yeah. totally kind of like kind of like when Crawford unified the titles against that undefeated guy who had never been to the United States. No, 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 no. He was not the champ. Not he that. Was David Reed was like 14. He was like 16 and 0 or something like that. But he, he had a good amateur background. Then he fought Fernando Vargas that was undefeated. David, David Reed was undefeated. Then he fought William Joppy. William Joppy was undefeated. Then he fought um none of those names you're none of those people you're naming are big names. But all those fights were pay-per-view except David Reed. He ain't win another he ain't no he ain't win another big fight to me. <laughs> Every, every big fight he lost after that, and lost bad. Up in weight class every time too, wasn't he? Wasn't he yes, going so like a little bit higher? So he, went, he went from one forty-seven to one sixty, uh, junior junior middleweight to to uh, middleweight, and then he fought Roy Jones at one sixty-eight, and that was just too much for him. You mean Bernard Hopkins? No, nah, Roy Jones. He fought Roy Jones too. <laughs> So he fought Hopkins, he fought Borges, he fought David Reed, De La Hoya, Pernell Whitaker. Dude, dude got big fights all up and down. Roy, I mean, he lost to Roy Jones. Mm -hmm. After 99, it was downhill for him. Nah. Yeah, okay. Nah, 2001, 9-11. What I'm That's saying cool. He 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 beat De La Hoya in '99, so that's what I'm saying. After that, it was downhill. Well, see, that's when he got the pound for pound. That's when he that's when he got the the pound for pound title. That's when he was a. Yeah. That's when he was a. That's when he was the best fighter in boxing. When, when he was beating them 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 average champions. <laughs> hey. they, now see, now you're right about that. They were not David Reed and Fernando Vargas were not as seasoned as he was. They were they were not as, and they were not they were not as strong as he was, even though he was moving up in weight. What what people failed to realize is that he was actually coming down in weight. So he had his strength the higher that he went up. You know what I'm saying? So if, if he weighed probably 170 and cut all the way down to 147, when he went moved up to weight to 154, he was getting closer to his natural strength, you know. He fought five fights between. He fought five twice after Oscar De La Hoya to Bernard Hopkins. His his opponents, those five fights combined, they had two losses. Yeah, who, 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 who the five opponents? That was undefeated. Right, yeah. three average guys. Then <laughs> they undefeated man. They were the best at the time. And then and see, they see, the best, Ronnie, they, they, they up and they, coming boxes at the time. Said it again. The best up and coming boxes. Yeah, they were all HBO fighters. Let's it's like it's just like with Tyson. Like Tyson, when you look at the champions, the quality of champions that were there when he came up, Tony Tucker and uh, Bone Crusher Smith, Pink Pinkland Thomas, Pink like Thomas. it was just a bunch of dudes that that just happened to have belts, mm -hmm. you know. But hey, but I, I get it. Tito was your Tito was your guy. I get I like it. Them. And Another thing about that was they were all TKOs. I mean, he was yeah. knocking, he was knocking, he was getting people the hell out of there. He wasn't decisions, he wasn't swerving, he was he, he was getting the cats out of there. He showed David, he showed David Reed mercy. And David Reed was never the same. That droopy eye. I remember that. Yeah, he, he was never the same. He showed him mercy. He could have easily knocked him out. He showed yeah, him mercy. I, I never I never looked at him as being the best boxer. 
I think he, like like Squeak said, you know, he had that devastating left hook, and you know he could he could finish you, but if you got somebody in there that could box, yeah. he was in trouble. They knew how to like real fighters knew how to take his left hook from him. And Oscar is the one that showed how to do it. He just ran out of gas by moving so much. And Oscar didn't put no damage on him. You know what I'm saying? He 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 touched him in, but when it was time to fight the championship rounds, he was still he was steady moving and running. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think remember. Oscar was the most overrated pound for pound dude there ever was. Nah, Oscar is naturally a softball. So when he hit you with his left hand, which is his jab. You're going to feel it, whether it's a jab or a left hook. So, and he threw it from his hip. So, yeah, he, he got power. Oscar Delahoy got power. So, uh, get back to what you were saying, Jared, about me hating Terrence Crawford. I like Terrence Crawford, man. I just don't like the hype. <laughs> I like Terrence Crawford. I'm a boxing fan. You just can't sell me that this dude is, is, the, is the best, though, when, when he ain't fought nobody. That's, all, okay. that's my only point. My only point. Let me go back to what you said about. Tank's card being better, performing better than uh that BOK Prime card. If we have we have to believe what they say, we don't know the, the you know the facts, the numbers. But Crawford said he made. Uh, they had some stars at that fight, and their crowd was hype. It was a good fight card to me for a first pay per view. You know, I liked it. I wish I would have went. I was three and a half hours away from going. I probably should have just kept going to the fight, driving on, on up to the fight, but. Crawford said he made $10 million. That was a tune-up fight. And his, you know, at home, he didn't have to do press, much press for it. He didn't really have to work to promote it. He made $10 million. If Tank sells 500,000 pay-per-views, and I'm getting this number from sportspayout.com. Okay. If he, if he sells 500,000 pay-per-views, which you know that fight didn't sell, saying his that cruise fight you mentioned sold about two hundred thousand. But if he sold five hundred thousand pay per views for this fight, he made five point five million. Okay. So, yeah, Tank's card may have looked better, but Crawford made ten standing home fighting a tune up fight. So now, what do you have to say about that? So first of all, he ain't made no ten million dollars. That's 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 a bunch of BS. How we how we know that we know that from the tickets the ticket prices. <laughs> Anybody that's gonna give you ten million dollars is gonna charge you least about three to five hundred dollars to recoup their money back. Them prices, them, them tickets were sold on Groupon, so that, that's that's one. Okay, so hold on, no, no, stop right there. Let's let's go one by one because you 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 started already. Go ahead. He did he didn't sell tickets on Groupon. That was a vivid seat selling tickets. Those. <laughs> Those tickets were selling for three, four, five hundred dollars, and they sold out that arena. Oh, why do you keep bringing up his purse amount? <laughs> what, what, what does that do? For you, you said that you said his event had stars. They didn't bring no stars out, and uh, and uh, at the Crawford fight, you said that I didn't say it. Okay, okay. So yeah, I, I don't remember seeing no stars at the fight. I don't remember seeing no Meek Mills at the fight. No rappers. <laughs> I don't remember seeing any of that, and they were that good for them. Good for them if they were there. Uh, I don't believe he sold no ten. I don't believe they, that that promotional company gave him no ten million dollars. And I don't care if they did. Me personally, I, I don't care if they did. That the the did reason the reason that's thrown out there, I don't know. I guess it's the, a good way that, that he ducked Earl Spence. I don't know, but yeah, it, it, Bron- is Brona getting three million per fight? I don't know. 
I don't know what the money has anything to do. I'm a fight fan, so I don't be checking their pockets. I don't know about that. I don't know, Jay. I don't. They could. They couldn't make the. He couldn't make ten million on that fight, Jay. It like, ain't no like, the, like the numbers don't don't even add up, right? They don't. they don't have to add up. If you look behind who owns the company, it's a technology company, streaming company, and they're mm-hmm. trying to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. And if it if it's a Silicon Valley company, they have some money invested behind them to throw some money out. So when you start these promotions, you have to spend money. You have to make a big splash. Like, who could have got Terrence Crawford, their face first per, uh, pay-per-view, besides somebody with some money? A sucker. Any, <laughs> any sucker. Because you, you have no, you didn't have any, you didn't have any, uh, any top promotional companies making him an offer. You didn't have Golden Boy making him no offer. You didn't have Zone trying to make him no offer. You, and, and when PBC tried to make him an offer, he didn't take that offer. You know, so, so you don't you don't believe the twenty five million dollar offer he said he had? Nah, oh nah, I don't believe that. You don't believe anything this man says? Nah, <laughs> because this is the first time he started talking about his personal business, like you know, only to say that the fight didn't go through. You know, that's to me. I just feel like that's a that's a safe that's a safe face type of tactic. You know, I still think he was. Ducking them. Nah, I, I don't think I don't think you negotiate no six months and be crying about how they didn't offer you uh, no guarantee, but you was negotiating six months. I I don't. I, that's hard for me to believe. But Hughes, you gotta agree. If he got ten million for a tuna fight, and you said, "Oh boy, fought a decent fighter and got half of that," he was the better businessman. If I'm taking his word, yeah, that's that's a that's a great that's a great business move. If I'm if I'm taking his word, but when I looked at the part, yeah, it's like he the only one that won. Nope, the opponent didn't make 1.5 million or nothing like that. He the only one that that made something. It wasn't no good professional car, you know. Me personally, I didn't think it was a good professional uh, boxing car compared to PBC, but you know, I don't think that's the argument. But nah, okay. Back to you, uh, Ant. Okay. I didn't uh, try to start. You started it this time. <laughs> just let it slide. No, no, I'm not just letting it slide. All right, that's good enough for that. On to the next topic. <laughs> enough for the, y'all that bo- that box should be draining, that. you guys. <laughs> y'all, y'all be making people fall die. With all this boxing talk over and over again, like, be hating on my boy Crawford, the underdog. Yeah, Jay, Jay be trying to cheat. He used his computer to look up. Man, I'm coming straight from the dome this year. Come on, I'm just starting to get more into boxing. But I keep saying Errol Spence looking sad all over the internet because he has to fight Thurman at 154. Man. All right, on to the next topic. Um, slang words that we hate. Words, uh, slang words you don't like or you hate. I'm gonna start me, it off with two. Say again. Let me kick this one off since you know I brought this one up. So okay, let it get, get it give people time to kind of you know get that thing together. But one I hate is uh, I, I never like my bad. I don't even know what it, I know what it means. But why come you just can't say I'm sorry? Why my my bad? And another one is sus. That's sus. So those are two that we can probably get rid of, in my opinion. Sus for you know suspect or suspicious and my bad. 
My bad just come out naturally. It's just an easy way of saying it. My bad, dog. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Like me saying, I, I don't want to sit here saying I'm sorry for everything I'm, I do wrong. My bad. <laughs> it just don't seem like you really, really mean my bad or I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? My bad. Like, fuck you. I did it, but fuck you. <laughs> but I got you. One slang word. Uh, I don't even know. Like this new stuff, man. I don't even know what these kids saying, man. Like that whole time, this pushing pee. I, I, <laughs> where people would, where I would hear, you know, the young people like that. That's pee, or that ain't pee. <laughs> I ain't know what the hell they was talking about, man. So <laughs> I'm too old for this, man. <laughs> My word that I can't, I don't like, and I don't understand is no cap. Who came up with no cap? That is, it, it, it don't make sense to me. No yeah. cap. <laughs> you cap. I was like, bro, just, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. It don't make sense to me. I don't even know how they make it make sense. Yeah. Y'all know. <laughs> I have no idea where it came from. Right. Which one you got, Robin? Um, merch. merch. I hate it. Yeah, I hate that. When people say I got the, you know, um, you know, make sure you hit my hit my website up and get all the merch you want. I'm like, just say merchandise, <laughs> motherfucker. You know, like I hate when people say merch, man. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think that's pretty much my biggest one. Like, I don't try to keep up with the, you know, with these young folks and 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 the slang. I tell you, I know when I knew I was, I, I knew the moment when I felt like I'm getting old, and that's when uh, motherfuckers start started saying fleek. Mm. I knew it was over for me at that point. Mm-hmm. When motherfuckers just came up with a a swerp word and and said fleek, like damn, I knew it was a rap. Uh, honorable mention Gucci. I think I I think I uh, hate that one too. Yeah, I hate that one too. Man. I hate that one too. I, yeah, that Gucci drive me crazy. Seals, what you got? Don't get mad at me. Don't get don't get mad at me, St. Louis. Don't get mad at me. I never did like that word dirty. I, I I couldn't identify with it. <laughs> that word was spurred to me. I'm I'm so sorry. I, I I didn't like it. I don't know. It just it just rubbed me the wrong way. I never put it in my vocabulary. You know. I never I never really knew anybody that said it. Me either. What's up, Dirty? I would hear it. You know, just <laughs> this song. Yeah, it was it was never in my vocabulary. But yeah, that was that was one word that. That that kind of you know I've heard I heard it in the barbershop before I take that back I've heard it I heard it in the barbershop before so yeah that was, that was my one word okay um, all the words work really they need to just do better I like my bad though I'm sorry Jay yeah my bad I get it <laughs> I get it my bad <laughs> <laughs> all right on to the next topic. This has a, I guess, a second deep thought. What was the most important thing you've done in your life, and why? 
Uh, right. Y'all want to start us off? Um, the most important thing. Uh, I'm going to cheat. I think I'm going to have to remix this one because, you know, to me, I think the easy answer for me, uh, most important thing, I think, is raising three, six, I mean, three comp, comp, competent children. You know, that's, you know, one of the important things in life to me is not fucking their life up to where they've been able to grow up and go on to college and and, 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 be, and prosper. So that would be my answer for that question. But so I'm gonna remix it and go for work. One of the things that I'm most, I'm more, most proud of that I've done in my life. And that would be, um, you know, buying a rental property. Um, like when I grew up, I, when I grew up, I never, it never was impressed upon me about being, you know, having a business or or doing anything like that, getting rental properties. That, that just wasn't the conversations that I was around growing up. So I never had that mindset uh, when I got older. But, you know, linking up with someone who did have that type of idea, you know, that type of vision and being able to sit down and plan it and map it out and actually accomplish that. That was one of the most, that's one of the things I'm most proud of that I've accomplished um, in my life. Okay. I like the way you revamped the question. I probably, we're going to take that on. Jared, what is the thing you most proud of or most important thing in your life? Uh, uh, let me try to not make this too sappy. I'll remix it a little bit too, uh, if I can piggyback off what Ronnie just said. It's not. It's this is something I think about all the time, and I just feel good that I that I did it, and I don't even know really why I did it. It just hit me one day to do it, and I'm glad I did it. Uh, I was really close to my grandfather. I'll try to condense the story. Really close to my grandfather. He's, I spent a lot of time with him. He showed me a lot. I didn't even know he was showing me stuff when he was showing it to me. Sometimes it just seemed like he was just being a dickhead and something like making me help him do stuff. But then some of the times we were just chilling together, just watching movies, just hanging out. But anyway, he got a little older and it just hit me one day. And I realized what he was doing, all the lessons he was giving me throughout the years, just pulling me to the side, giving me game, just helping me grow up. And I got a chance to, uh, something just came over me. I just, I got a chance to go talk to him and just tell him how much I appreciated him. And growing up, we didn't say uh, get a lot of hugs and I love yous, but, you know, I really loved him. And I just let him know that before he passed, you know, how I felt about him. And that's just something I think about all the time. And I'm just so happy that I did get a chance to let him know how much he meant to me. So that's something that sticks in my mind that I'm really proud of. If not, you know, we all are proud of having our kids and, you know, stuff like that. But that one particular thing is something that sticks with me. All the time. Say it. What you got? I think I'm, I'm right in line with what everybody, you know, my, what what I, what I wrote down was I most the most important thing to me was being a great dad to my kids. That was that's probably the most important thing because I didn't have a, you know, I had a father, but the father wasn't in my like in my life. And I know you guys don't part of my story. Um, 
but he wasn't in my life. Like he was there, but he wasn't in my life. So my key and my my most important thing was to be in my kids' life, to know to know me, to know I love them, to know they can call me and whatever. Um, so kids was the most important thing in my life. What I'm most proud of since we're remixing it is, you know, at one point in my life I was 380 pounds, um, and I lost. And you know, you know, you have with me, you have ups and downs, ups and downs. But I did get a lot of weight off in my life, and I, I didn't think I could. You know, and I really did. So that's probably my most proudest moment, getting all that weight off me, and and, and can live a, a a more productive, a more healthy life. Even though I'm up and down, and I, I'm higher than what I want to be right now, I've never, I've never been approached that where I was. So, dude. I'm gonna remix it as well. Um, you know, besides the the kids, the wife, and you know, uh, working with my wife on paying off debt. One of my goals as a as a teenager was to graduate from college. But when I graduated from high school, um, and I went off to college, it probably was one of the worst times of my life. You know, I needed a break, and instead of taking a break, I, I was able to. I was blessed to find a get a scholarship. And I wasn't there mentally. So when I first went off to school, I struggled. I, I flunked out. I wasn't there mentally. And it be in college became like a chore for me. Uh, I didn't learn how to study things that came used to come uh, natural to me was not coming natural you know, on that level and stuff like that. So now you fast forward to where I'm a father. I'm working full time, and I stopped going to school. But I know having a a job, you know, kind of forced me to to get back in, you know, when things were easy for me. Um, I didn't I didn't have the effort to 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 become a good student, but when things were harder for me, I was forced to buckle down. I was I was forced to set, set a goal, come up with a plan, execute, and and my most thing that I'm accomplished of is is during that difficult time, biting down, becoming a good student, graduating from college, graduating from a four-year um, university, um, being the first in my, my household um, to, to graduate, you know, carry on my father's name, uh, making my mother proud, you know what I'm saying, representing for, for my, my my daughter, giving her something to to be able to to achieve and, and, and let her know, you know, she was one of the first people at my graduate at my graduation ceremony that hugged me when I came around the corner with my my cap and gown. So although I was kind of embarrassed the 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 length of time that it actually took me to walk across the stage, it felt that much better that that how old she was to see me and to be able to hug me and tell me that she was proud of me. So that's that's probably one of my 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 moments of, of my life where I was just really excited and just like, damn, I really put this shit together. You know what I'm saying? So you graduated from college was, was one of my finest moments. Gotcha. That's good. Though. For me, moment I'm probably most proud of is to be able to give back to some of the most important, I'm sorry. Is to be able to go down to Walls, Matthew Dickey, and get some of those kids that I see that don't have two parents, have one parent not on th- on things, needing rides, trying to you know be there for them, picking them up, getting them some shoes or something, 
things like that, like giving back to the little kids in the community in the community where I grew up, where my son play, to try to help some of them kids have a better situation. Know that they just ain't out here all by themselves. So like I feel like my son got me in that environment, but me being with the kids, giving them my number, they call me. If they need something, go get them something, some shoes, uniform, whatever, you know. If they needed something, I would buy it for them because I, you know, I was able to. I think that was big for me. I mean, I was like, an important thing to give back to the youth where we grew up at, where we all played ball and learned, you know, learned things. As far as the remix, what I'm probably most proud of, at one point in my life, I was $30,000, $40,000 in debt. And didn't, didn't know how, I didn't have no money. Didn't know how I was going to make no money. I was in jail for whatever. And to be able to come back from that and come get out of debt and get back to the green side, I think that's probably what I'm most proud of for myself. Because that was a long you know, long time I had to stay disciplined and can't I can't go out with my friends and all that. I had to try to figure out how to get that money, re, you know, recouped and get back to even. So yeah. that's kind of like what I'm proud of. Thirty, forty thousand in debt. It was crazy. Wow. That's what's up. Okay. Hey, that was a heartfelt emotion. I don't know if we tied it deep or not, but <laughs> shit, I feel like I feel like everybody got deep on that. Yeah, I deep. All right, moving on to the next subject. Uh, Lovey Smith got canned at for I think he got canned the night of, right after the game. They may have fired him. I'm not sure. <laughs> But I know he was the first one that, like, I guess he was the first one to go. One of the only black coaches, I mean, how many black coaches left in the NFL? Like two or three? One, and uh, I think the other Detroit is, I'm not Detroit, uh, Carolina is the interim. And one left now, and one is the interim, and they're not even trying to hire him. they still looking, right. which is crazy. Lovey Smith, uh, in my opinion, if you don't know the situation, he the coach of the Houston Texans. They probably got the worst roster in the NFL. Down the stretch, as far as we're concerned, they playing better. They competed all the way through the season with the worst roster in the NFL. And I think he was just a lame duck higher and a lame, and a, and a lame duck Fired. They just used him to try to get a good record. I mean, a good draft pick to turn their team around. Should we be upset about how they're doing our black coaches and and not really giving them a job to really have a chance to succeed? I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna start off with you. Should we be upset at this? So we should. You ask them. Should we be upset with the Texans or should we be upset with the with the NFL? Or are you asking both? Both. Texas like. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Um, 
I don't think any any black coach that's in need of a job needs to apply for the Texas job. And, and that's me personally. That's my personal opinion. When it comes to the NFL, yes, there's a bigger problem with 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 the, with the owners not hiring um, black coaches and black GMs. You know, yeah, Detroit has one, but we need more. We need more black coaches. We need more uh, black GMs, and shit, we need a black owner. You know what I'm saying? So should other blacks be mad at, at the Texans organization? Yeah, you could be mad, but at the end of the day, this is how they want to run their company. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't honestly think Lovey was going to do a good job in the first place coming from where he came from and, and they're hiring him. You know, now that you now that they're firing him, you can see what they were really trying to do. You know what I'm saying? It's clear now what they were really trying to do. They wanted that, that draft pick. Uh, I'm glad he stuck it to him like that uh, in that last game. It went for the uh, extra two points uh, <laughs> you know, so they could win the game. You know, it might have cost some people in the pool that, that had the other team winning. But, you know, that's <laughs> that's that's literally what, what pissed them off and, and, and was like, nah, you got to get fried today. But I think at that point he kind of knew the writing was on the wall, and that's why he did that. You know, like I said, sometimes you, you, you just – you put in a situation. They offer you probably more money. Uh, than you ever had. It's an opportunity to get back into the league, something you've been dreaming about. It's a, it's a setup job, you know what I'm saying? So do you use your integrity and and, and you could just try to make the most of the young men that you're, you're up there coaching against, you know what I'm saying? Or coach that's, that's on your roster, you know? So it's it's hard to say, do we, as a, as a people, do we ride against them? You know, we could have more feelings. We're entitled to our opinion, but at the end of the day, a protest, I don't think would be warranted. You know, we, we have to figure out a way to try to, you know, get at these owners, you know. So that's my answer to this, you Jared, what you got? Sorry. It's, I mean, it's, it's their organization. I don't have a problem with it. I don't like how it looks. It seems like they were mad at him for winning that last game, like they wanted him to lose. So the timing is not the best. They could have waited. What's you know? What's the rush? I think it says a bad uh, message to the league. Basically, you need to lose these games if the season is is bad to get that draft pick. I think you should always be trying to win no matter what. But business wise, it may make sense to go ahead and lose that game and get that draft pick, so you can either you know get that first round or trade that first round draft pick. I just don't like the optics of it. But I don't have a problem with them firing him. He only won what three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them firing him. It's just it just looks bad to me. So that's how hey, I feel stop. about it. Can we stop for one second? What did they pick up for uh, Deshaun Watson? Did draft they get like a first round draft pick and, and some stuff from Cleveland? They got draft picks. They didn't get no players. They just got multitude of draft picks. But didn't didn't Cleveland wasn't Cleveland holding like first round draft picks? Right. Or were they trying to get like the number one pick? No, they got so they're gonna keep their pick and then they got additional picks. So in the top three rounds, they pick in like they got more picks than a lot than any other teams. That's what I in thought. In the first three or four rounds. So they got draft picks for Deshaun. And and so with having Lovey having Lovey tank the season, they were aiming for the for the the number one pick number to one go pick. along, they were being greedy then to put yeah. it. Okay, okay, right, right. What you got? Mm. 
Should black people be mad at the Texans? No. Um, I think sometimes we got to take our feelings out of it. I mean, we know there's an imbalance in coach. I mean, in with the number of black coaches, the hiring practices of black coaches in the NFL. We know there's a disparity, but we also can't be so sensitive to see that somebody just ain't a good coach. They they should get you know should get fired regardless if they black or white. Like Lovey, I don't understand how Lovey keep getting jobs. Uh, anyway, but uh, Texas fire. So I, yeah, I don't see why why we should, why we should be mad as a because he got fired. You know, we should definitely be more concerned with just the overall hiring practices. And why is it when a black coach need to be hired is Lovey Smith? Like there are other other people out there. So he seems like he's the go to guy when you need a black coach. So you know, we need to get out of that out of that uh rat race and you know inject some new some of these new guys. Uh hopefully the uh, 49ers D coordinator hope he get a, hopefully he gets a chance. Um I don't know about your boy Byron Leftwich down there in Tampa Bay. <laughs> what about the dude I don't know about Eric I don't know about Eric Bienemy in Kansas City. I mean he deserved he deserved it if Josh McDaniel got it. Josh McDaniel oh, his God. second go around. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, he, but it, it, I think there seems to be some baggage with Eric Bieniemy. See, I, I, I just jump in with my point. I believe he was hired to be fired. They needed someone that. That's why I love he got the job. We need someone that is not going to ruin their career. So that they're not trying to take a young person and do it. And they needed a stopgap. They needed a year to try Hold to on. get it. But, Ant, the coach they fired only won a couple of games. Mm-hmm. They could have kept him if, if that was the case. David Culley, they could have they kept him in that spot. Yeah, he definitely wasn't no genius. <clears throat> but, the, but the whole thing about how Culley getting fired was they wanted to see if anybody get, they could get anybody interested in the job. When and they, they, could. they couldn't get anybody interested in the job. That's when they turned to Lovey. So they opened the job up for somebody to try to bring in people mm-hmm. to hire. Nobody wanted the job. It was a it was a terrible job. Mm-hmm. And they turned to Lovey because that's all you know. Lovey Lovey had to take a shot. I so I understand the question that you're asking, and I just think it was a I think it was a bad deal for Lovey. I mean, you, you somebody asked you to be the, the the coach, and you've had these opportunities. And this might be your last opportunity. You you gonna be you gonna take it. So he was a lame duck to start. Right. I believe right. Lovey was just a lame duck to start. He was he was doomed to fail. The worst roster, like you guys said, worst roster in football. Right. So what you gonna do with that? Um, but when you force these owners to hire black, this is what you gonna end. This is what you get. You can't really. It's so hard. Because these owners know, I mean, okay, it's a, it's a, it could be a prejudice system. It could be a tough system. But when you force these owners to do this, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get, you know, black people getting fired. You forcing them to hire somebody that they don't want. It's their business. So that's a tough deal. But the NFL has to, when these, when these um, teams open, like when the Broncos open, when, uh, I think there's another team open. You gotta get in some black ownership. That's the only way you're gonna get this thing to start changing. Because 
I wouldn't like nobody to force me to interview somebody. It's a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do these fake interviews and I'm going to hire the person I really want to hire. You got prejudice owners. They're going to keep hiring white people. Only way we're going to change it is the NFL has to get involved. And it has, they may have to make it mandatory that we need people of color as owners, qualified people of color to be owners. That's the only way it's going to ever change. We're going to continue to have these bad teams that can only get these last chance head coaches, and that's the Lovey situation. So good for Lovey. I'm glad he won that last game. Fuck them. So do you think that that could happen though? Because no. don't the owners, the owners have to be the spirit. They have to spearhead that change, Dang. and I don't think they're going to. No. I agree, but the NFL. I mean, they at the at some point. I know Goodell works for the owners, right? But at some point, there's got to be. The NFL has to put their foot in the door and just say, hey, look, you, our player pool is majority c- color people, you know, black Hispanics. You've got to bring some kind of qualified uh, person of color to run, a, to, to own a football team. But you're right, Rodney. That's, that's a tough, that's the tough thing about it. Somebody got to, you know, somebody got to step forward and get brave about it. Yeah, we. When you think of when you think about that, it's like we all know what needs to be done, but there is no there is no one in media speaking about this uh, on a consistent basis. We have no pro, huh? It's one person speaking about it. What are you talking about? Stephen Smith. And black folks went crazy when he said this: the problem that he said he's trying to fix that there's no black head coaches, college or pros. It, we don't have leverage other than black players. We don't have a business leverage. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't have anything to force those owners. We, we don't have a secondary league where we like, okay, uh, by this date, if, if you don't hire any, if you don't hire a minimum of, of six black coaches, we're taking all our players to this particular league. We, we don't have any kind of leverage like that with these billionaire businessmen. We do got leverage, Squeak. Our money. That's the part where we got to stop. We still pour into the NFL. No, they they doing this. We know it, and we still give them all our money. The moment we start taking away our money, that's when moment things will change. But I don't. I mean, you got players, and I don't think are. So you remove black. You you remove the black dollars that's going to the NFL. Do you think that hurts the NFL? It will. Where, 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 where? What money are we putting in? I just yeah. want to. I just want to okay. clarify. So, every time we go to games, buy buy NFL paraphernalia, merch, merch, merch. <laughs> right. My, my bad. My bad. <laughs> but or go to these sites, the FanDuel, and all of that. That is what's paying the NFL. Is it, is it, is, I thought that I thought they get their money from the TV contract. I mean, all of that's included into it, though. TV I contract. Mean, I, I thought that's what I thought that's what they got the majority of their of their money from is from that TV contract, and the and you know the the paraphernalia and you know the hot dogs and beers ancillary. But I thought but the, I thought the TV deal was the biggest thing. The only way we're going to 
for them to take notice of the, of our displeasure is we got to hit them somewhere in the pockets. It's going to be a drop in the bucket. It ain't gonna, it's not going to be nothing substantial, but they need to know that we don't like it. And we got to make them feel it to try to, to try to start to make the changes. Well, I'll tell you what. If we can have that type of commitment, I think we need to direct them them efforts elsewhere. Like if, if we can, if we can come together as a people and pull our dollars out, fuck this NFL and the black head coaches. You know we got bigger fish to fry. I follow that. I follow I hear you. Well, that's the you. reason why you know I guess from weeks ago we got to get to black on all the time. But I'm in Atlanta, so I get it. I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I remember when we we was you know I guess on the low. Everybody was feeling somewhere about the about the, about the Colin Kaepernick, you know, and <laughs> it didn't go according to plan, you know. It's we stopped, you know. I, I tried maybe like six games, and I wasn't consistent with that. Uh, I haven't bought any NFL paraphernalia. I probably went to one game since then, but I don't think they missed my money. You know, what I'm right. saying they got my viewership. You know. Right, it'd be hard. Like the TV money, everybody got direct TV, NFL ticket, all this other stuff. We gonna keep, we gonna still watch it because we like it. Right, and they have our players. They, they, you know, we, we, those are guys we went to school with. We like, you know what I'm saying? Family members and stuff like that. You, you, it's like you should know their dreams. So how do we, you know, make an impact without damaging their dreams? You know what I'm saying? that that really affects the business because that's really what we're trying to get to say you know you all need to and you need you all we need inclusion we need in you know and only way i think think of it is create another league but i don't know who got the money for that yeah they tried the xfl and now they tried that the rock that's what the rock got another league the xfl but i get it that was just my i mean i just wish things could be different but So does does it was that it for Lovey? Does he ever get another shot? I don't think he does. I think I, I think, think it's does, the HBCU. Man. I think he has to go to HBCU route. You know, he he but you know, he even so Lovey is a bad example because he he even wasn't a good college coach. That's right. Fact. He had a losing record in Illinois. That's a fact. So you know, <laughs> that's why that's why I, you know I started off earlier saying like, how does he keep getting these jobs? Yeah. Because yeah. he really hasn't done anything since that one year where he took the Bears to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. He got this job, I believe, like says said. The Texans opened up the job. No one would take it. And then at that point, they like, Rashid, we need a black coach for you. We need a black coach. So the NFL, I think, said, hire the black coach for a season, and then you confirm. I think he was fired the moment wow. they hired. Yeah, but why, why did they need a black coach? Why, why did they need a black coach? I think the NFL came to the owner. You didn't get no coaches you wanted. All the coaches gone. You don't have nobody. Hire a black coach, fire him at the end of the year, and you can redo your another coaching search. But don't you but don't you think that looks bad that you hired you just fired back to back black coaches? Ain't that a bad look? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was the. Te- I think it was the Texans' way of saying, 
they wanted to, to look better than what they actually are. You know, mm. I, nobody wanted the job. <laughs> so they just nobody wanted that job. Nobody gonna want that job coming up. Yeah. So I, and, I, and I think that's the that's the real issue. Like after you see how they really are, do you test your integrity by trying to take that job? And here's your opportunity. Like, would you want to see Deion Sanders as the as the head coach of the Houston Texans? I would, but Dion wouldn't take that job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you right. got, if you got, <laughs> if you got anything going for yourself, mm-hmm. any like D'Amico Ryan's ain't gonna take that job, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you know, the enemy may take that job because it don't seem like nobody want to hire him. But right. if you a hot coordinator, black coordinator, you ain't taking that Texan job. You're not. Right. If you a hot coordinator, you ain't taking that Texan job. Right. It's gonna be somebody a retread or. A coach that's had on her last leg that you know that's really only for, unless they get like the number one pick and they they do some stuff. But right now it's a it's a it's a lame duck job. Right, and then you don't even have no black coaches in college to, to for them to even pull. Like, what's a hot coach in college? No, no black coach in college I could think of. They were like they could take that Texas job. Oh, right, because mm-hmm. old boy from Notre Dame, yeah. That was a while ago, too. Mm-hmm. So, But but really, the, the pipeline to a job ain't really college. It's the it's, it's, from, it's an offensive coordinator. Right, or defense that's, that's, coordinator. And, and, and that's where you don't have black coaches. You know, you got it's, – it's tons of black coaches on a football team, position coaches, you know, D-line and all that. Right, but – when when they get to coordinator, black coaches are funneled to defense, like they're defensive coordinators. Eric might and be the Eric, only offensive, right? Huh? Isn't Eric like the only black offensive? Uh, Ain't left with your OC. Mm-hmm. Are he? Is? Yeah. But you know they they swerve because. That's right. Eric, how you you know you the offensive coordinator, but you ain't really calling the plays. Yeah, because that's I, I, yeah, I didn't know what he was like. I thought he was like a. I mean, it, that that goes for the enemy as well. Like, you know, Andy, Andy calls the play, the play. So, yeah. That's why he ain't got a job, huh? And that's why he ain't got a job, you know. But that's, other people do that, like what um the bear, the coach that the Bears fired. He was under Andy Reid, basically in the same position as uh, Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. He didn't call plays, but he got that Bears job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, there there is a precedent for, you know, getting that job without calling plays. I I think I think there are other things with Eric Bieniemy, um, like personal uh, personality. Thing. You know, he had he got you know, even though this bullshit, he got into some trouble back when he was in Colorado, and I think some of that shit's still hanging over his head. Because he's been on several interviews and just never closed the deal, right? Either yeah. he interviewing bad, or like they say, he got some kind of pass that these owners just can't get over. Nah. Huh. Which ain't which wouldn't be out of the out of whack because we see it with Mark Jackson, you know yeah. the motherfucking owners. They're not guilt. They're not getting over, you know what happened with with him and Golden State. Mm-hmm. Who, who you say? Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Oh, I thought you said. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know why I heard a little Mark Jackson. 
I thought it said Lamar Clips for a second. Yeah, I was like, go to say, yeah, okay, yeah, that's a fact. But has he uh, been on any interviews since then, Mark Jackson? Has he, he been? Been did he, he interview for the New York for the Knicks job at the last time? I think he might even interview for the Laker job too. Mm. I think I'm not 100, percent but he's been on some interviews. I don't know why they don't. I don't... Yeah, he's been on some interviews. Yeah, he did something to somebody real high up to where these owners is like, don't they? They develop a they got a pack too, and they like don't do it, don't hire them. They blackballed them, so. Mm. That's messed up. All right, fellas. We on to the swerp of the week. Who wants to stop us off with the swerp of the week? I'm, I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm I'm keep it with the Houston I, Texans. Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they swerp okay. of the week for what? They they the swerp of the week for, winning for, or for firing for firing uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, for winning or for firing loving. No, nah, nah. They, 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 they just work for for fine love. You know, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I picked them to win anyway. I was going for upset, so yeah, I picked them to win. <laughs> so yeah. All right, Rodney, who you got? LeBron James. Ooh, he's my favorite. What did he do? Oh, do? I just get tired <laughs> every year. You know, all the conversations about you know who they need to go out and get you know what players does whoever whatever team he's on we, you know they got to go out and put some shooters around him or they got to do this and he saying passive aggressive stuff in the media um i just get tired of that whole circus every year when it comes to getting him help it's just like i, I just get tired of it like no other, you know you just you, it's unprecedented with with a great player to where every year you're talking about he got you we got to get him help you know you don't hear that with hardly any other great player but with him every year who they gonna get you got to get the shooter you gotta fuck them picks you gotta trade them picks and get lebron this and get lebron that so <laughs> but for all that uh lebron james is my swerve of the week jared who you got swerve of the week and i have a lot people I can choose from. I even have one that'll probably make everybody on here sick. I'm not going to say that one. I'm going to keep it light. Uh, Elder Barge, you're my swerp of the week. You're still smoking cracks. Stop smoking crack, allegedly. And clean your life up. Elder Barge. Oh, wow. Swerp of the week. Hey. Who, your honorable, who your honorable mention? You guys really want to hear this? Yeah. I mean, you gave Gangsta Boo the twerp of the week last week. <laughs> Let me clean it up. Of the week, so I don't think it can get much worse than that. You got to go back and listen to the episode. She's not swerp of the week. I'm just saying, you know, stop with the fentanyl. Yeah, Gangsta Boo gets my swerp of the week. I don't know how else to take it. <laughs> I gave a little warning before I said that. Right. That's uh, kind of like my bad, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Um, it's just sad when people people keep going out, you know, with the fentanyl. Man, speaking of fentanyl, I got I have another two swerps of the week, real quick. The rapper Big Scar, his family was beefing with Gucci Man. Oh yeah, and for the funeral, uh, they said he Gucci Man promised to pay for the funeral. He he stopped returning their calls, and 
later on his wife, Gucci Mane's wife or man's wife, posted receipts showing that uh, $20,000 was sent to take care of the funeral. Mm-hmm. And the family said uh, the funeral, the dad eventually came out and said the funeral cost 60 grand and they he paid for the rest of it himself. But it goes even deeper. It comes out now that the brother of the young rapper that passed away, which I believe he died from um, a pill overdose, which is fentanyl again. Um, the brother of the rapper that passed away allegedly shot a music video at the funeral. So all of that is, you know, it could be their own squirt for the week. But I'm going to turn your stomach with this one. And this is allegedly Melvin O'Neill. Candidate for Swerp of the Year. His mom was on Facebook uh, defending him for a rape he got accused of. Melvin O'Neill allegedly goes to see his mom, talking with his mom, laughing and joking with his mom. I'm not even going to say his mom's name. This Mm -hmm. fool beat his mom up and raped his mom. Pictures of her beat up in the hospital. He is the Swerp Candidate of the Year. He's my Swerp of the Week right now, though. Just wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Say it. Swerp of the week. Who you got? All right. Uh, my swerp of the week is Coach Sean McVay. Man, <laughs> he he fed up already. <laughs> he gave us a hot five, hot six, and he gone. Like, how can you, man? How can you be a coach? A coach, man. How can you be a coach and you get burnt out in five, in six years? A coach, you know, a coach that maybe never wanted it. Well, no, how you mean you never wanted it? That means you shouldn't have never been a coach if you get burnt out in six years. And then it's so crazy. Anytime that a coach is at a uh, anytime this is a this is a red flag. Anytime you at a press press conference and they ask you, "Are you coming back?" and it ain't a hell yeah, I'm coming back. It's a uh, I don't know. I got to think about it. You swerve. You swerve. You gone. You gone. You might as well. You might as well. I won't even. I don't even want you to coach me. If you thinking about, think about that. If your coach is thinking about coming back, and he ain't been in doing it for 30, 40 years, and he like, ah, I gotta, I gotta think about it. You don't want that cat. He won the chip. He did what he came to do. He won the chip. He looking at the roster. Aaron Donald about to retire. He looking at them cats like, man, if I come back, I'm about to be the next Lovey Smith. I might as well go on and leave now and then come back in a year or two and I can pick my spot. That's swerve. Why would you? That's swerve. You 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 quitting on you basically quitting on the team. That's what you're doing, right? If that's your yep. mindset, if that's your mindset, oh, I'm gonna leave when the going gets rough. And reappear somebody else in a better situation, you swerve. So that's my swerve of the week. Coach, what uh what does uh what does Skip call him? Coach McGay? <laughs> swerve as my swerve of the week. All right, and then my swerve of the week, everybody in the TCU team locker room, that whole college. You can't go to the national championship game and quit like they did. You could get beat 49 to 7, but 65 to 7, they quit. 
that whole team need to be swerved. The coach, everybody on that team, swerve of the week. You quit in the national championship game. You think they, they, didn't just, they just weren't outclassed. You say they quit. 65, they quit. Mm, okay. Like, they, they stopped playing. Like, I understand they should have got beat 42 to 7, but 65, you you, you quit. They That's wouldn't have That's how I be, Ant, when your coach is overwhelmed. <laughs> when, you, when you rely on your coach to give you a play, he don't know what the hell is going on. He embarrassed. He overwhelmed. He didn't I have mean, to be I, If I'm a player, though, ain't I got some heart? Like, they ain't the heart. They, they not about to beat me with the third string and, and, and still knock out 65 points. But what if that third string is better than your first string? Exactly. Third string. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, I didn't watch the game. Like, I watched, I watched a little bit of it. But I didn't see TCU quitting. I just saw them. They just they, – they couldn't do shit with, with Georgia. They just they, – they, they, it was just two different levels of talent. And, and, and the coach – and the TCU coach didn't have a good plan, a good game plan to – to get his quarterback into the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't this is this is too big of a stage. So come with some screens, some run pays. You can see from his quarterback how he was throwing the ball. It, it, it wasn't that he was throwing that ball so short behind folks, you know, at their ankles and stuff like that. You got to calm him down with some with a, with some screenplays to build up his confidence. You just can't just throw him out there like that. And that's that's what happened. That defense got burnt out. Because the offense was going one, two, three, punt, one, two, three, punt, one, two, three, punt. Every time you looked up, the defense was coming on the sideline, getting a drink of water, and had to choke because they had to get back on the field. So when when you have when you get in the, in the game like that, you know you really don't have a chance. And I ain't saying you had it. I ain't saying they had a chance. But what I'm saying is they was not that bad to where. Some people like, man, we're not about to get embarrassed that bad. You're going to start getting dirty? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody. Like, it's man, nuts. like, uh, we we came too far in a championship game to get blown out like this in t- on TV. Yeah, I'm fighting. It, My it, it, like, we're not about to go out like this. It's, it happens, and some, some teams beat you just off their reputation until, until they get their momentum going and then they score on you. And then they just throw a power drive. You know, it just happens. You know, I think I think their coach was was just as nervous as the players. Swerp of the week, still. I, I see the whole organization. Yeah, I quit. I, I yeah, also I quit. like to give uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers swerp of the week. Every time he loses, it's about retirement. Yeah. Every single time he, yeah. he loses. So when when they were. When they were on the verge of cooking right before they played Detroit, oh man, the Packers, they 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 cooking. Soon as they lose this game, and Jameson Williams asked for his uh his jersey, he gonna have to keep this. Man, if you don't get out of here with that, <laughs> that's that's my that's my honorable mention's work. Because he ain't get your little cousin his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> There's some deep stuff out here. I got you. <laughs> at, least you, at least you caught that part. I was I was sneaking it underneath, but you caught it. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. 
Well, that does it for episode number 28. Don't forget, like, share, comment to the podcast if you like what you're saying. And we'll be back next week. See you. Peace. Peace. Later.